How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in the studio once again, Hot Takes with TP3. Today is uh, Thursday, January 24th, 2018, the week after the AFC and NFC Championship Games. I got a special guest on here, first time on Hot Takes, Brett Baker. Brett, say what's up to the people. Hey, guys. Uh, what's up? I'm happy to be here. Uh, we got a nice show for you guys today. I can't even lie. can't even front. I'm a little bit biased, but... I'll let Thomas give you guys a little rundown of what we're going to talk about, what we're going to discuss, and go ahead. All right, guys, we got a little bit for y'all on the NFL as far as these games this last weekend. You know, I feel like you, even though I talked about them on the last podcast, you got to go ahead and run down them one more time, talk a little bit about Super Bowl coming up, uh, talk about the Pro Bowl on here, Larry Fitzgerald coming back, a couple other things in the NBA, buy or sell, pretender, contender. Before I get things started, once again, follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3. Follow me on Instagram at TP3 underscore um, NBA underscore bets. I'm putting some nice content out there for y'all today. If y'all want to go out there win some money go follow me on those accounts everything you already know what it is but let's get down to it so I mean I think Brett the biggest takeaway from this weekend is how salty these Saints fans are about this horrible officiating I mean can't even get it wrong I mean they missed a bad call even as a Falcons fans I can say that but I mean I just feel like these Saints fans they're just like the they're they're like the kid you know who goes into the mall or to a store with their parents and they can't get that toy they want and they're just crying and kicking and screaming here's my point with the Saints okay you can complain all you want you had Michael Thomas tweeting about whatever fucking rule it was it was about you know uh, having to replay the game because of that one play yeah why isn't anybody talking about the fact that Drew Brees had an opportunity to win it I mean you're, you're the quarterback that you pay a ton of money to perform, throws an interception on a poorly, like a poor decision. I mean, he shouldn't have thrown it. And threw it straight up in the air for a pick. Nobody's talking about that. Tom Brady, on the other hand, in the Chiefs game, same opportunity. Exactly. Drove down the field and scored that thing. I mean, Tony Romo helped him a little bit. Yeah. Tony I mean, Romo. <laughs> yeah, Tony Romo called every, called every single play before they happened. He's Romo easily the best in-game guy. Like He's by far the best in-game analyst you're going to get. I also agree with you, though. It's kind of funny because everybody's complaining about how the Patrick Mahomes never got a chance to see the ball. And look, if anybody has, has a reason to complain about that, it's me as an Atlanta Falcons fan. I mean, Matt Ryan never got to see the ball in the Super Bowl because Brady took him right down the field and won the game. When the Patriots won the toss, I didn't even want to watch that. I knew it. I knew it was happening. I was like, "Oh my gosh, it's over! It's over!" When Edelman made that catch, I was like, "It's over!" And it's funny because Edelman and Brady might be the most clutch wide receiver and quarterback combo ever. I mean, how does Edelman not touch that ball? I mean, when I watched the replay, I was like, "How does he not touch that ball?" Edelman has been a total of about two inches away from losing a Super Bowl. And an AFC championship yeah. with stupid ass catch for the Falcons, which doesn't even make sense still yeah. to this day. He he force pulled it up, and then you have something that I I I've watched it about 150 times. I cannot figure out if it hit his thumb or not. I truly can't. It doesn't change like spin yeah. or anything, but like at the same time, it looks like that. They gets dried back a little bit, but I thought it was too close to overturn. Personally, I mean, don't get me wrong, it was I was ruled. Yeah, and, and they, the, they, they, favorite, yeah, they yeah. flipped it, but at the same time, I mean, people are complaining about the officiating. Look, somebody even pulled up for me a video today of Roddy White in that NFC Championship game when the Falcons lost to the 49ers of him on a key fourth down play getting absolutely like mugged by Navarro Bowman and them not calling anything. I mean, bad calls happen. New Orleans quit crying about it. I mean, bad calls happen. Just, They're always going to I don't happen. like how both the Chiefs and the Saints have kind of blamed officiating or the rules mm-hmm. on their losses. I know the Chiefs blamed 
overtime rules. Look, I don't like overtime rules either with the NFL, but they've been like that for as long as the NFL has been around. Yeah. And one, if you're the Saints, you had your opportunity to win with Drew Brees in overtime. You had that opportunity. Yep. And if you're the Chiefs, don't score zero points in the first half and you win that game. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're playing at Arrowhead. I understand the Arrowhead curse, but you've never had Patrick Mahomes during this Arrowhead curse. So I don't understand why you're even complaining. I mean, it's just, you've lost the game. Move on. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you there. Would you, I mean, I personally don't think the NFL should change the overtime rules. I hate the college rules. I saw a number that the team that wins the coin toss in NFL wins the game like 52 point something percent of the time. In college, it's like 54 point something. So, I mean, it's really not even that the team who wins the toss wins who, that many times. Just because it was Tom Brady. Who was it Who was it that Bill Belichick picked the wind against? Was it the Broncos? What do you mean? Where he picked a not receive? Yeah, he literally picked the win. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but no, it was Rod Slater said something stupid up there. It was in a regular season game when that happened. But it, the the theory was that Belichick wanted to avoid. I forget what team he wanted to avoid in the first round, but that was the theory about it. But he's trying to lose a game like yeah. that episode of South Park. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I just feel like that. What they're doing here with the or with the overtime is stupid. I mean, I think the NFL made the best change of it being that if you drive down the field and kick a field goal on your first drive, you can't win. Yeah, you can't team win. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, the that, best way to change it. And I mean, think about it this way: like, what if you do like college and it goes back and forth like it did in that Oakland, or like in that LSU Texas A&M oh, game? Yeah. And then you have injuries, fatigue. Well, the fatigue in the Super Bowl is a big thing because mm-hmm. I don't care. Two weeks, whatever, it doesn't matter because you sit there and you're playing against. I mean, grown refrigerators with arms and legs hitting each other over and over again. Yeah. It's going to have some sort of impact on them. Yeah. Do you like the fact that they have a two-week break between the Super Bowl and... Or I like it. I like it. This is a good way to segue. I like it because we get the Pro Bowl. Oh. The awesome Pro Bowl. The greatest the greatest game in football. <laughs> Are you going to be watching the Pro Bowl this weekend? Uh, I would normally say hell no, but... This is the Dallas Cowboys Super Bowl. We got all the starting three, the big guys. We got Amari Cooper... You got Dak Prescott. For y'all's, for Thomas's listeners, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. I know. It sucks. Believe me. I know. But this Pro Bowl, we got, you know, all three. We got Zeke, Dak, and Amari Cooper. And that's my that's my Super Bowl. You, do y'all you have any gotten. guys on the defensive side, too, or the offensive Yeah, we got, uh, so we got Leighton Vander Esch, who I love. Oh, I love Leighton Vander Esch, Esch, That man is, and no homo. He lays the wood, man. Every single play, dude. He's <laughs> he out does. There. And uh, I think we got him. We got Demarcus Lawrence. I think got named as an alternative. I could be wrong. Uh, obviously, we have Zach Martin, perennial, and I think maybe Byron Jones. Yeah, I don't know. I know the Cowboys got a lot. I know they're up. There I just don't know teams. anymore because the Pro Bowl is so worthless that players decide not to exactly. go. Exactly. And, you, get, you, and know, you got the Super Bowl guys. Yeah. Super Bowl guys is just kind of stupid. But I don't know. The Pro Bowl needs something. It needs. It definitely needs something. I don't know what it is, but. I haven't mm-hmm. watched it in about two years, so it definitely needs someone. I'm a huge football guy. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, you know what? I said I wasn't going to watch the Pro Bowl. I'm not really doing anything right now. I might as well flip over there a little bit. I kind of look on my phone and see when Matt Ryan's supposed to go yeah, in. Or like, I do do that. It's like, but the thing is, all right, so there's no reason I shouldn't watch the Pro Bowl. Because if you look at it from a football fan's perspective, mm-hmm. there's on the championship, NFC and AFC championship weekend, there's... At that point, three more real football games left to be played. There's three more. And as a football fan, you're like, fuck, this is it. This is over. We got to wait until next year. But 
The Pro Bowl is the fourth game and nobody even gives a damn about it. It's kind of sad because it's like one of the last of the year before Mm -hmm. we go into our next season of hoping that your team actually does anything, which for me personally, I don't think that year will ever come. But it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really a Pro Bowl fan, to be honest with you. I kind of hate how all these guys sit out. The thing that annoys me about it is, for example, like Tyrod Taylor a couple of years ago was considered making the Pro Bowl just because guys didn't play. Like, for example, this year, Mitchell Trubisky is now a Pro Bowler just because he chose to sit out this game. Like Julio, Michael Thomas choose to sit out. Trubisky is a... Pro Bowler? Yeah, but I mean, Matt Ryan was the alternate, and he decided he didn't want to play in the game, so that's the only reason why Trubisky was able to get into the Pro Bowl. I mean, Trubisky had a good season. I don't know if it was a Pro Bowl, but you know, I just feel like that at a certain point in time that it shouldn't count. They need to change it up so it doesn't count as these guys making the Pro Bowl, just because I feel like they don't deserve to be in there. I will say about Trubisky, he really impressed me in that game with the Rams, even Mm -hmm. though I feel so bad about Cody Parkey, but that's a conversation for a later date, but... I would have liked to have seen Trubisky if he would have got a full season under his belt. One, I would have liked to have seen statistically. And two, I would have liked to see him going into the playoffs with a little bit of, like, you know, like, I had a steam. I mean, he played well in that game, though, against Philly in the first played, round. Yeah, he threw for yeah. three fourteen. Honestly, Trubisky, I'm a huge Mitch Trubisky guy, so I'm a big ACC guy. I'm a Florida State fan. I don't know if you knew that or not about me. Yeah, that I'm poor a huge Florida State. In North Carolina. Yeah, so. and, but when he was at North Carolina, they were, were kind of good. They were he not was bad. the whole team. Like, he led, he led a drive down the field on floor. I, so I was at the Georgia-Tennessee who was the, who was the game. Who receiver that year? At North Carolina, he had a good receiver. I, feel I like. can't remember who the, any of the specific guys were on offense, but so the, I was at the Georgia Tennessee game when Georgia threw that or mm. Tennessee threw that hail mary. No, dude, no, no, no. I was at no, that no, game. No, 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 no. So I was watching the Florida State game on my phone while I was in there, and so we drive down the field, score. There's about 30 seconds left. We give the ball back. Trubisky goes, "Oh, the game's over." Put my phone in my pocket. Watch that. Walk out of the stadium. Pull my phone out of the pocket. I get a notification. Florida State loses, and I saw how it happened. Trubisky threw for like 400 yards at Florida State in that game. Watch Watched him in the ACC against Stanford in his bowl game. He's a big time baller. He can make plays. Like he really is one of those guys you'd watch and you'd be like, "How does North Carolina even win games?" And then Trubisky's just back there running around like he does in the and NFL dude, and dropping dimes. Trubisky has a he, my personal one of my personal favorite receivers is on Trubisky's team. He's won me two fantasy championships. Allen Robinson, bullshit. Yeah, Allen Robinson. He's that guy. I like Allen Robinson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Trubisky, he's a good player. But, I mean, I just don't like how that these guys who get named there is for replacements still are considered making the Pro Bowl. Like, I mean, the fact that Tyrod Taylor has made two Pro Bowls is absolutely ridiculous. Tyrod Taylor hasn't been a top six. He's not even a top ten quarterback. He probably wasn't it during, like, the, I guess, I don't don't know. At the beginning of his career with the Bills, like, he was running a lot. Mm -hmm. So, his stats were inflated because he was scoring a lot of touchdowns. True, but, I mean. And the Bills had that little run with. I guess playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, still, Tyrod Taylor should never. Yeah, I just think like he should never touch. I just that's my main beef with the Pro Bowl is that I don't have a problem with saying like putting an asterisk next to it and saying like Pro Bowl alternate or like Pro Bowl replacement. But the fact that it's considered they make a Pro Bowl because I mean, realistically, at the end of the day, when that you talk about people, let's say that we didn't watch, you go look at their stats, you're like, oh wow, he made eight Pro Bowls as opposed to this guy that made two Pro Bowls. I mean, I don't have a problem with them getting rid of the Pro Bowl and just doing first, second, and adding a third team All Pro, doing mm-hmm. something like that, or doing like first team and second team all pro NFC AFC something like that but I'm just not really a fan of the, the Pro Bowl and I mean it doesn't all- make sense because you watch I watch every all-star game I watch the MLB all-star game MLB's great which has a uh, for the longest time has or had had yeah like a huge impact on the season mm-hmm. which was stupid but it did have a huge impact and with the Pro Bowl it, it means nothing 
I think the players don't even have anything. Yeah, in the it. rules are changed too to keep guys healthy. Yeah, know? it's it's weak. The only player that I've ever seen play hard in the Pro Bowl was Sean Taylor, R.I.P. But he absolutely destroyed like what was it a punter, like. Absolutely so. rocked a punter. You know Pro something Bowl. funny too about the Pro Bowl that when Cam Newton made it as a rookie, every single player said the only player they tried to tackle hard was Cam Newton that because nobody guy. likes it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't even think it's that nobody likes Cam. I think mm-hmm. it's that he's so big that it's like the shock value if you destroy him. And I mean, he hit. taunts the other team. Yeah, he like does. he gets up, he's pointing to first downs. He, you know, he, he's just he's just that guy. But yeah, at the center, yeah, he's got a target it, on his head. I personally am a Falcons fan. I, I mean, Cam Newton definitely pisses me off. I don't hate Cam Newton like that. I definitely did that MVP year. I said he wasn't that good. I mean, I ended up being right because he then, lost in the Super yeah, Bowl. Well, but it no, more just pissed just, me off. He didn't just lose in the Super Bowl. He got embarrassed. He got smacked from yeah. the opening from the get go. Yeah, I feel bad for Cam Newton. Actually, he's having shoulder surgery today, so that's to be weird but may miss the whole entire season this mm-hmm. year. that's what I'm I think it might not be a bad idea but I mean we'll get into that another time but we got to talk one more NFL thing here before we move on to talking about perennial pro bowlers yeah and we got to talk about Larry Fitz one of the greatest to ever do it he's coming back for another season Larry Fitzgerald is the NFL's second leader in in yard in yardage I mean but he's like 6,000 yards behind Jerry mm-hmm. Rice so he's not catching him there he's third in re- receptions only behind Tony Gonzalez and Jerry Rice he's 28 receptions behind Jerry Rice I mean, do you think that Larry Fitzgerald is going to go down as probably top second best, third best receiver to ever play the game? In terms of everything, all mm-hmm. of it, I'm talking about leadership. I'm talking about blocking in terms of being a possession guy to move the chains in terms mm-hmm. of making incredible catches. I would say he's within, you know, top five. But I also, I'm a huge, you don't know this about me, but I'm a huge believer in the fact that the top five in wide receivers mm-hmm. and running backs in the NFL mm-hmm. is so like subjective that it, it doesn't nobody really has the correct top five. I, I understand that most people want to put Jerry Jones or I mean Jerry Jones, fuck. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is the <laughs> yeah, number Jerry one. Jones. Not Jerry Jones, but uh <laughs> like a little cowboys there. Yeah, a little cowboys actually just to get it in there. But I will say Larry Fitz, for me personally, is one of my favorite players of all time to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just been – I hate that he couldn't get that ring and that Steelers game with Kurt Warner. I thought he was on one that One of the best route. Super Bowls I've ever yeah. watched. And then the Santonio Holmes yeah. thing just really fucked me up. But I'm glad he's coming back. I'm not glad he's coming back to the Cardinals. I respect him so much. I respect him so much for sticking with the Cardinals because, like, that – in itself is an accomplishment to play your whole entire career with the same team. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, man, go to the Patriots or something. Go to a team that's going to get you a ring, and it sucks. But, I mean, and he's not to the point where, like, for example, he's not to that Vince Carter point. I know different different spots, but yeah. Vince Carter was had a great quote before the season with the Hawks and said, look, I don't want a ring at this point. If I'm not the man... And it doesn't matter. I'm just getting a ring because I'm playing with, you know, Steph Curry yeah. or whatever and the Warriors. I don't want that ring because it was given to me. I want to earn it. Larry Fitz is not to the point where he's not going to make a big impact. You can't tell me he wouldn't make an impact on the Patriots. Make a huge impact. In two weeks, if he, the Patriots had him or somebody like that. Shoot. Make a huge impact. Any team had to be make a huge impact. I'll... 
I love Larry Fitz. I love the fact he stayed in Arizona all these years. He just struggled through so many losing seasons. He's been there for the highs and lows in Arizona. He's had the, I mean, he's had to, he's basically had to change his playing style. Bruce Arians moved him over to the slot. I mean, he went from being one of the best possession receivers, like you said, to being good at the crack block where you come in and block yeah. the linebacker mm-hmm. for the running backs. Like Larry Fitzgerald's the he does ultimate it all. team player. I mean, he even threw for a touchdown last last se- or this last season. Yeah. It was like a 50-yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah, that was sick. Like, that's what I'm saying. Larry Fitzgerald's that kind of guy. So I love the fact Larry Fitz is coming back. I'd love to see him have another 1,000-yard season. I think he'll go down as one of the top five to ever play the game. I really think he is that good. I mean, he was the third overall pick when he came out in 2004. The fact he's even still in the league is unbelievable. So, and, he, and he's a great guy if you ever get a chance. Yeah, to like when has there ever been anything negative to come out There's about Larry There's not. Fitz. He's just a stand-up guy, and it's it's – Every time I ever talk about Larry Fitzgerald, it like honestly hurts me. There's two players in the NFL that have been there that mm-hmm. do not have a ring, and it kills me for him. One is Larry Fitzgerald, and two is my guy Tony Romo. I know that everybody says he's a choke artist, but I mean, I mean Tony Romo is one of those clutch quarterbacks. Of all time. I'm a Tony God. Romo yeah, guy. Yeah, he has a he I'm has a he guy. has the game when he drives. If we're gonna be talking Michael Thomas and the Saints. We need to go back in time and replay that Packers game because that was some shit. Yeah. I mean, Des, Des really definitely caught, caught that. That's what I'm saying. That's another nobody, thing, too. Nobody ever talks about yeah. how ballsy of a play that was mm-hmm. because Tony Romo was on a fourth and two with the leading rusher in DeMarco yeah, Murray. in the backfield. Slung that thing like 40 yards right on target. Des yeah. caught it. I, and what people forget, too, is they beat Seattle in Seattle that year. And then they, that was the next game. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that was, I, like, looking back on games, too, like, a lot of people. So, I always do a poll whenever I post my podcast on Instagram, like, a question just from the podcast. Yeah. And I chose, was the Chiefs and the Patriots the best game I've watched or, or I've seen in, like, the last, like, of this NFL season? Not only do I think it was the best game I saw this NFL season, I think it was the best game I've seen in, like, since that and since that game where the Packers played the Cowboys and since the pa- since the Packers versus the Seahawks in the NFC Championship game. I think that, that's talking about which then. Packers-Cowboys game because I've been... The Packers where Dez caught the ball. Okay. Yeah, and I still think Dez caught it. I, I still think Dez caught it. And you know what makes me even madder about the whole Dez situation is mm-hmm. he had the audacity to say that Chris Hogan didn't catch it. Yeah. Over the weekend, he said that he didn't catch him. I was like, yo, what is wrong with you, Dez Ryan? No, I like it. I like it. Dez is still, you know, Dez is still salty about that. Oh, man. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, as a Cowboys fan, I am salty about the just the Packers in general. I actually won a bet one day with, I put like 50 bucks down that Mason Crosby would miss his next field goal uh, after he kicked three 50 yard field goals within five minutes to beat us that one year where mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers made that stupid sideline pass. Yeah, next game against. Against y'all's Falcons. He misses, I mean, it. He misses a 36-yard field goal. I was, like, mad, but I was, like, <laughs> angrily smiling because I was like, yeah, I got money, but I'm pissed because he made 53-yard field goals like it was. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I definitely am with you there. Let's move here now from the NFL. Let's go Thank to a God. little NBA. We got some good stuff for you all. So my thing that I've been saying on my last couple podcasts with the NFL and, I mean, with the NBA is that at this, it's kind of getting to the point of the season. You know, it's late January. I mean, the season ends pretty much first, second week of April this point in the season, if you don't have an identity, like your team is, you know what I mean? Like you got to have an identity as a team. You got to figure out what kind of team you are. So I forgot to say this right at the beginning, but I could give a shout out to my boy, James Harden for scoring 61 points last night. His career high. So that'll start us in the garden. Mm-hmm. It sucks in because the he was one point away from setting the garden record. Yeah. Well, Melo had tying, his, yeah, tying yeah. Melo, but he, him and Kobe tied for the uh, opponent playing in the garden, but we'll do here pretender and contender first for the um, NBA finals. Obviously, I'll be honest with you guys. I don't. Before, before we get into that, I I just want to open up the floor for a quick question. Does 
James Harden top the 81 point game because I see it coming I can Ooh, feel it alright I can like feel it coming I only have one problem Chris Paul's coming, they're coming back, back. Yeah, yeah, and that's Paul what I was going to say in this, when we talk if about if he's going to do it I think he's going to do it in this next yeah. week or two so I don't think he can do it against Toronto on Friday no. I just feel like they're going to put less Kawhi's out but that yeah well you know, Kawhi's probably going to play Also, I don't, don't even get me started on Kawhi I can't stand how he sits out every single game I mean <laughs> I'm going to be honest I would not pay a max contract to Kawhi I said that on Twitter the other day there is no shot I would ever give Kawhi a max contract be, just because I'm not giving a max deal to somebody who's going to miss every other game but I think Harden has a chance against the Magic I mean they lost to the Magic in Orlando last time Capella did get hurt in that game I mean Vucevic is a beast I mean that's tough to beat the Magic's bigs without Capella and they're battling but the Magic have no one to match up on James Harden I really think he could piece them up and drop potentially drop that 81 points I've been hey it would be it would be awesome I'm rooting for a Kawhi Leonard to sit out because it'd be awesome if he did it against the Raptors. Yeah, no, that it would be so cool. Oh, it would be because it, it was be, like last week. It was the anniversary, and mm-hmm. it was like a week later within the same time frame. It's just, yeah, it'd be awesome. I mean, I want to see it so badly. Harden's my favorite player, so I'd love to see the guy do it. Also, I don't understand how Kawhi Leonard as a man can sit there on the bench with all his clothes on and in his warmups and just sit there on the bench and watch his team lose like against Indiana last night in a close game. They in, a cl- in a very close game. Yeah, like in how a, do you- in a game that he would have. 100% made the difference. Mm-hmm. Like, me as a competitor, there's no humanly possible way I could sit on the bench and Speaking watch my of team that games and not be injured. Speaking of that game and injuries, v- Depot. Prayers up to Depot. That sucks. Mm-hmm. I know I did that ill time joke with you last night, but it yeah. really does suck. I, I love watching him play. Like, he's ever since he left that situation with the Thunder, he's been mm-hmm. like a man on fire. And it's been one of the coolest stories. Sucks that he did that. Hopefully he'll get back to uh, you know his yeah medicines form. today yeah he'll he'll get back to all star form for sure I mean if yeah Paul George did it with his leg off his leg Depot can do it Depot too. can do it as well yeah I agree so let's get down to it here contender pretender the first one I got on here is the Rockets as a pretender contender I'll start with the Rockets since I'm a big Rockets Harden guy um, I actually think the Rockets unfortunately are. A pretender, and that being said, they're going to get Chris Paul back. They're going to get Capella back. I just don't think anybody in the West can beat these Golden State Warriors. The only reason I'm against this, I think they're a contender because I think that Capella and Paul being out actually helps the Rockets. Because, for one... You're gonna see James Harden. He's like becoming into this. Mm-hmm. Like he's hitting Nirvana. Like he's become essentially, you know, like yeah, he's ascended the best form of himself. Yeah, he's ascended into the heavens. Right now. <laughs> I like that. But him reaching Nirvana is key because, like, I mean, he's gonna be the best possible version of himself when they get back. Mm-hmm. And if you don't recall, a similar team in terms of the Rockets last year. Even though they don't have as many wins, they don't have as you know the record. Three and, and D players they had yeah. too. The three and D players. However, I think I think they have a chance with the Warriors. I mean, if they make one of what twenty five consecutive missed threes was mm-hmm. was, was that it? Twenty five consecutive? Yeah, I think it was. It was it bad. Was it was horrible. Bad. Yeah, it was bad. It was so frustrating. Or if to they watch. have Chris Paul, I mean, that's just if I could change they have Chris anything Paul that's that happened game. in sports over the last, they lost by nine. Yeah, I was, and <laughs> uh, speaking of which, you are a big James Harden fan. I have seen so many James Harden four point plays get turned into not three foul or not three free throws, 
but just a floor foul. It's ridiculous. It happened last night. Mm-hmm. It happened against the Lakers. It happened against Philly uh, twice. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It, they it it's in the motion every single time. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may draw it. He may pull the shot because yeah. their hands there, but that's technically playing to the rules. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand how it gets taken away. But I was gonna say in that game with the Warriors last year in Game Seven, that was a key point when he. Got that taken away from him. Yeah, and the stupidest part about that game is they take away fouls. They gave James Harden all season long. They just don't become fouls anymore in yeah. the second half. That's what pisses me off. Yeah, like, it does. It's I was, yeah, it's, I was, it's, that been the maddest I've been in a long time watching sports, watching that, that second half of I that hate, game. I, I was furious. Uh, actually, it's been like a domino effect for me for the last like five years. Uh-huh. Every single Warriors game I watch, mm-hmm. I get more angry. <laughs> like I hate them so much, and they continue to win. That I'm literally like I'm reaching the point where like I don't even want to watch the playoffs if it's gonna be the Warriors win. I would rather you just tell me to start off if you could go in in the future and come back and say, hey, the Warriors are gonna win every game or whatever. They're gonna win the finals. Just so I don't get, just so I don't have to watch it with the, the slither. Of I'm not gonna lie, like, I don't actually hate the Warriors. I'm a fan of good basketball and I like watching them play. I, like I don't watch. I don't root for them, but like I like if the Warriors are on, like the Warriors are about to play the Wizards here at the top of the hour. I'm gonna be sitting right in front of the TV watching that game. Like I can't wait I to watch. I respect them, but I hate them. That's a perfect way to put it. That's a perfect way to put it. Going back there to the question here, real quick, before we move to the next mm-hmm. team. I think the Rockets are a, are a pretender in the sense of I don't think they can get past the Warriors, but do I think they can get back to the Western Conference Finals? Yes, I think they can easily mm-hmm. get to the Western Conference Finals. The next team we got here for pretender to contender, I'll let you start with them, is the Denver Nuggets. They currently sit second in the Western Conference. you think they can keep this up and give the Warriors a challenge? No. I think the uh, Nuggets are a pretender. I love the Joker. I, I mean, I, I think he's the man, and I don't dislike the Nuggets, to be honest. They have a lot of... Good things going for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got some talent. three. They got some three and D players. They got some good. They have a good balanced scoring attack. If they were in the East, they would win it. I think. But possibly. But the only thing I do not like about the Nuggets is we talked about it earlier. The identity thing. They kind of lack a true identity in a sense. And what I mean by that is. I think it starts with their point guard, their starting point guard, Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we'll get a Jamal Murray that drops 50 points like he did against the Celtics. Sometimes you get a Jamal Murray that does what he did last night. Nine and points. Score, what, eight and four and three turnovers? Yeah. It, he had nine points at the end of the, or like with four minutes left in the to game. To win in the NBA, you have to have a point guard that can facilitate consistently. Mm-hmm. And... Cleveland is probably the only team that, you know, got away from that and didn't have a consistent point guard, but they had LeBron James. And like I said, I love the Joker, but, and he can run point guard. He's a great passer, everything. He's super talented, but you can't have that man running your point guard. He's too versatile inside. He's too, he's too much of an impact inside the paint and you have to keep him there. And without somebody like Jamal Murray, you know, kind of, uh, just so hit or miss every game. Yeah. 
I agree with you that the Nuggets are more on the pretender side. I don't think they can make it in the playoffs. I think the Joker can only do so much for them. They also have a really good home court advantage, but the Warriors went in there and beat them like 135 to 100. I also just feel like in the playoffs, they're not the Jokic in them are not ready yet to. I mean, this team realistically, Millsap is the only player on the roster with legit playoff experience, and Millsap is like he's he's definitely like Millsap's on probably peaked his last year in Atlanta, and he's definitely on the down part going downhill now. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think the Nuggets are on the, more on the pretender side. I think they're a really solid, good team. I think they'll be better next year, but this year i got to go with them as a pretender. Alright, we'll, we'll do one more Western Conference team here, then we'll go over to the Eastern Conference. Okay. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, the Thunder been really bad the last two weeks. They've been hot again this week, kind of with big wins at Philadelphia. Uh, big win over Portland, who's top four in the in the Western big Conference. Big against right the Spurs last night. Yeah, and big win last night. No, no, no that was the 76ers who beat the I mean, Spurs. Uh, did the Thunder play last? I don't think the Thunder played I, last. For some reason, I was looking at our list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had them out of. I went out a little out of order of the list. I but, forgot we were doing the Thunder. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. But so I'm gonna go first on the Thunder. I love the way Paul George is playing. I just don't think Russell Westbrook's offense is there. But at the same time, I think the Thunder have weathered this storm. But like I said before the season started, I picked the Thunder to finish second in the West in the regular season. I said they would be a regular season team and not a playoff team, and I still stand by that. Russell Westbrook as a one-man show is yet to be successful in the playoffs, and I think we see more of the same this year where Westbrook is unsuccessful as a one-man show in the playoffs. I mean, he does have Paul George who's playing at an MVP caliber Mm -hmm. level, but I mean, they got bounced by the Jazz last year. They got bounced by the Rockets. I don't think the Thunder, I mean, they could make it out of the first round, but I don't think they could beat the Lakers. I don't think they could beat the Nuggets. Don't think they could beat the Warriors. Don't think they could beat the Rockets. So, I mean, that's already four teams right there that are better than them. I will say, I do, I like the Thunder a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot of players that I think are good for playoff success. And I think one of my biggest, one of the biggest things that the Thunder, like, puts the Thunder on the map for as far as, like, you know, mm-hmm. being a contender is their combination of size, speed, and defense. Uh, I think, you know, having Paul George. Yeah, they are third in the league in defense. Well-established defender, Paul George. Mm-hmm. You got Steven Adams, who literally is so big and athletic. Doesn't even matter if he's not good at defense, which he is. Mm-hmm. Doesn't even matter because he's so big. Uh, and you also have Dennis Schroeder, who... Good six-man. Good six-man, good defender. It just all depends on whether or not they can put it together. Because last year, this year... Month to month, you see a different Thunder team. Like you see some Thunder teams that are yeah, even week to week, day yeah. to day. Yeah, the one that loses by the gives 142 points up to the Hawks and loses, and then yeah. the one that goes into Philadelphia and beats them. And, like yeah, and put there's no reason to give up 142 points to any team, mm-hmm. much less the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> much less the Hawks. Yeah, but I mean, you just if they can find consistency. I think they're a contender, but it's just so up in the air with them. I don't know whether they will ever find consistency. And I don't know if that's a knock on Russell Westbrook, if it's a knock on Paul George, because we've all seen Paul George, you know, yeah, we fumble see, his playoff experience. Yeah, we've seen him be 7-point Paul George or 34-point yeah, Paul George. Yeah, It's all about consistency. That team is a—that's their that's their theme. Even Steven Adams, even Dennis Schroeder, for God's sake. Yeah. I mean, it's— Hit or miss. It's literally shooting out of a cannon sometimes, and then it's like 
rolling a ball. Mm, I think they can get to the second round, but I mean, like you said, they're a different Thunder team game to game, and I think ultimately that'll hurt them. I mean, we saw the Rockets without Chris Paul beat them on Christmas Day, so mm-hmm. I am out. I think they're more of a pretender than contender. Let's move to the Eastern Conference for now. now. For sure. Yeah, for now. We'll, we'll see how they are rolling in the playoffs. I mean, a lot of it is rolling in hot, too. I would say, like, they're a pretender, but I wouldn't be surprised if they actually became a contender. Like, I agree. That's, yeah, I agree with you completely there. Um, the first team, I'll start with them here, is the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm actually, if you had asked me this two weeks ago, I would have said pretender, but I'm it all in on me this. A lot this yeah, last I'm all in on the 76ers. Ben Simmons is stepping up. Look, y'all know I hate on Ben Simmons because he can't shoot three-pointers, and I'm a big believer you got to be able to shoot a three-ball, but... Ben Simmons shot is shot the ball a lot better. The 76ers have got a rough stretch of games here where we can really find out a lot about them. So over this stretch, they have a lot. So they lost to the or so they start out this stretch where they play 12 teams with that are playoff teams or on the cusp of being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. The Kings being the only one that are a borderline playoff team. That's at the Pacers. They won that game. Indiana's amazing at home. They blew them out actually. That was kind of an identity yeah, yeah, yeah. game for them. They they absolutely whooped them. I mean, even before that, I feel like that really their statement game when they. Came came together as a team was against the Timberwolves. Timberwolves aren't a great team, but that's yeah. they came around Jimmy Butler, a guy had been complaining about not getting touches. And they and they, and they won it. They, 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 they blew them. them out of the gym, and, 149 to set. And, and also gave us one of the best Jimmy Butler gifts. I, I'm a huge fan of Jimmy Butler okay. in terms of like his social media presence. Uh-huh. Because I think he's just hilarious. And that smirk that he gave after yeah. they won was so great. Like it's it's what every sports guy like. That's what their thought was. If you were a Philly fan, you had the same face on. You were like, "Yeah, bitch. yeah." And Joel Embiid's Instagram post too about like the third team taking shots. But so they, over the stretch, so they lost. So they beat the Pacers. They lost to the Thunder in a heartbreaker. I mean, that the ending of that game was absolutely ridiculous. They beat the Rockets. They blew the Rockets out of the gym. But I mean, the Rockets didn't have a chance. They had they had PJ Tucker trying to guard Embiid. That game was the game that made me realize. What the 76ers have. Yeah, did you see the home crowd too? Yeah, that and in terms of like just straight up power, Mm -hmm. they have so much of it. But then again, at the same time, my big knock on the 76ers, same thing as the Thunder, is their consistency. Because at times, last year during the playoffs, I'm no, he's a different player because the year Mm -hmm. does make a difference. But last year during the playoffs, Joel Embiid, their best player, struggled with forcing shots he was forcing shots sometimes he does that uh sometimes he gets this kind of mentality that he's better than he actually is and that's not to say he's not good it's just some everybody is not as good as Joel Embiid thinks he is to build on that you also have Ben Simmons who if you can find a way to stop Ben Simmons and make him shoot you're going to win Ben Simmons' matchup and I think it all comes down to consistency and their X factor, which is Jimmy Butler. And I, I'm I'm on the both of their contender. It's just whether or not they can, you know, uh, build on this last couple weeks or last month of the season mm-hmm. and build on it and actually become like what we're seeing the 76ers as right now. I mean, the Rockets had a size mismatch. Uh-huh. On Joel Embiid, and he absolutely yeah he punished them like it was abusive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like if he wanted to miss it to just get his own rebound, he would do it. Exactly, and also their home and away splits like they're the best team in the league at home. They're basically five hundred on the uh-huh. road, so I think that's where their inconsistency comes. But 
that's pretty much it for the sake of we got to keep this moving. I got to go here soon. So we'll move on from there from the 76ers. The Celtics are my last pretender contender team here. So on the Celtics here, I'll let you start on this one. What do you got? Pretender contender. I think that the just catalog of talent that the Celtics have mm-hmm. make them a contender. And I think whether or not they can get this chemistry down, I know they were struggling with it, but at the same time, that right before right before that game where Kyrie did the Kyrie and went off, yeah, they were you know up in the air struggling. He called LeBron James. Everything that was that was weird. That was a weird week for them mm-hmm. for sure. But I do think they have the talent. The only thing that I'm worried about with the Celtics is I know they got a lot of experience last year, but their experience. Uh, you know, sometimes young players like their whole roster kind of has have a tendency to not disappear, but not know their role, kind of, mm-hmm. in a sense. Uh, I know that was what Kyrie, Kyrie Irving was so mad about during the game that he didn't get the ball. Also depends on Gordon Hayward coming back to, I mean, he's slowly progressing, slowly progressing, slowly progressing to see... Where Gordon Hayward is at the end of the season is huge for them. Uh, I'm going to say they're a contender. I I could bounce off that later on, but for right now, I'm going to say they're a contender. I agree with you. I think Brad Stevens is going to get this team rolling. Also, it's Good kind of point. the same thing with the Celtics as it is with the 76ers. 19-5 and at home, 11-13 and on the road. Um, they're they're heating up right now though. They've won five. They've run a five game win streak. They're seven and three over this last ten game stretch. I think the Celtics are starting just like the Philly. They're both starting to play their better basketball. I mean, they're basically identical teams. These teams need to get separation though out of this four five series. They do not want to see each other because that basically come down to mm-hmm. who's the four seed, who's the five seed. Which I mean, I think Indiana is going to drop now that Depot's out, but. I mean, like you said, they need to figure out who can play, who can't, figure out minutes. I think the Celtics have still got some. I think Danny Ainge got some up his sleeve. But I'm going to go contender. Kind of yeah. yeah, I'm going to go contender on them for right now. We'll move here, though, to buy or sell. Especially these in the teams. East. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially the East. They're in. So now we got to buy or sell these last four teams here as like playoff the, teams. I like so first team buy or sell here. I'll start with the Nets. So Spencer Dinwiddie was ruled out for the next four to six weeks today with a broken hand, I believe it was, or something on. It was some. It was some with his finger. Um, I'm actually gonna buy on this on the Nets, even though they don't have him. Look, D'Angelo Russell can be inconsistent at times, and that's where having Dinwiddie Definitely. is big because you can play him 20 minutes, and be like, all right, D'Lo doesn't have it, go sit him on the bench, put Dinwiddie in there, like we saw in that Rockets game, for example. But then he has nights like these last couple where he's just been raining down three pointers. He's been playing out of his mind lately. Um, they're a five-game win streak now. They're eight and two in their last ten games. They're really, really good at home lately. They've won their last eleven home games in a row. That was after starting. That was they're basically three and eleven now, and won the last eleven in a row at home. I'm in on the Nets. I think that they can make the playoffs in this weak Eastern Conference. I think they stack up well in the Eastern Conference. So I'm in on them. What about you? Okay, the Nets. I really, really like the Nets. I like Dinwiddie. I like Levert. He's coming back. Both of them are hurt. Or both of them, yeah, they're yeah. both hurt. The thing with the Nets is if I'm the Nets, I'm giving it some time. I'm I'm you know, I'm feeling it out, seeing if we can if they can win games, you know, in this time frame that their best players are hurt. And if they can't, and if they start falling out of contention, if I'm them, I have to I have to pull the trigger on trading D'Angelo Russell or somebody like that for this reason. They have the pieces to make some big things happen. If they stack up on, 
And typical Nets move right here is to trade picks for yeah. playoff pieces. That's your typical Nets move. Doesn't ever work. They've been stuck in mediocrity for years. Yeah. If you start right now and you're not making the playoffs, why not try to build up picks and like really make movements for the long haul? And I know the net, I know a lot of even like wherever they are, Nets fans are not going to like that. But I mean, you might as well try something different to get out of mediocrity. And you have Dinwiddie, who. I think Dinwiddie's better than Russell in terms of consistency. Interesting. I think he is. And they just paid him a big contract. They paid him a fat contract. Yeah, and they haven't done anything with Russell. I think Russell's got one year he left has on one, his deal. Yeah, he has one left. Mm-hmm. And if if you have the even the slightest thought that D'Angelo Russell is going to leave, you might as well. Yeah, that is very true. you got to get something in return for him. I haven't thought of it that way. I mean, I like that. It's going to be weird to see what happens here. I think the Nets, they need to keep on making the playoff push, keep their draft picks I mean, together. if they win, yeah, if they win, yeah. yeah. Cool. No, I agree, I agree with you there completely. My next buy or sell team here is the Wizards. I'm actually going to buy the Wizards making the playoffs. Look, I don't believe in the Heat at all that they can make it in the playoffs. I really don't think the Hornets are that good. Kimba Walker is like a more, a way, way, way less effective version of James Harden in the way he plays. I mean, if you look at his stat sheet, he shoots a, a lot. Like, he takes a lot of shots. So, I'm not really in on on either of those teams necessarily as making the playoffs. I think the Wizards can sneak in here. They are, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. Eight and two in their last ten games without John Wall. John Wall's done for the season. I think they play better with Bradley Beal. I think they should go out and try to get Vucevic from the Magic. Also think though, if they have the option to deal Beal or um, Otto Porter Jr. for a lot in return, that I would go out and make the move just because of those absurd contracts they have. So Wizards have said they have said though they don't want to tank. So I don't think that's the option here. I think the I'm in on the Wizards making it as the eight seed. I just. I'm going to sell on the Wizards, I think. I can understand that. I think that they're just a... I mean, at the beginning of the season especially, they were a dumpster fire. Like Mm -hmm. They were everything that could go wrong for the Wizards went wrong. You're out John Wall, which obviously some people recently have had the... Mm -hmm. You know, whether John Wall is good for a team or not anyway. It's like the Carmelo thing at this point. He's this generation's Carmelo. But... At the same time, I think that they might end up trading Bradley Beal to get something out of him. And I don't really, I just don't think the Wizards have what it takes to even get into the playoffs, especially, I don't know, especially with everything that, I mean, there's some Eastern Conference teams, like, I I even, I like the Hornets. I think they're pretty deep as far as, I think they're pretty balanced. And I don't think that they're better than the Wizards necessarily, but I definitely uh-huh. think that they are. I think their chemistry is more there than the Wizards. I can. I mean, the, the, I definitely think they're a deep team. I don't know. I just, I just kind of like the Wizards. I really like the fact that they got Trevor Reza in there. But yeah, I, no, I, I, I'm a big Trevor Reza fan. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I'll let you start with this next one here, the Clippers. Clippers. Are oh you, fuck me, in or out? Um, my betting habits would say that I'm in. Just because for some reason I love betting on the Clippers and they did give they me were some, hot at the beginning. They did give of the year. me some money with the Heat game yesterday after yeah. losing me a whole bunch of money throughout this last couple weeks. But I don't know uh, the Clippers. God, they have a they they have a lot of young talent on their team and they're pretty good at defense. Um, I'm gonna probably sell on them, but I also 
am going to buy into the fact that they will probably make the playoffs because they're hot start. But I'm selling in terms of I don't think they're going to make any type of noise. I just think that they're they've seen their best team mm-hmm. this year. They've seen their best. So I think I don't know. I'm going to sell on the Clippers. I think they peaked way too soon. They were playing their best basketball as a unit early. They really don't. I mean, I like Tobias Harris a lot, but I just don't think him and Danilo Gallinari are the one and two options you want going ahead and as a playoff team. Also, if you look at the way the Western Conference stacks up, so it'd be the Jazz, Spurs, Rockets, Blazers, Clippers, Lakers, um, even the possibly the Pelicans. Even the Pelicans are a good bit down there rather than those other teams. Even the Kings. I like the Kings a little bit more than them. I just feel like the way that all these teams are playing right now, that the Clippers, there's they already play their best basketball. If they peaked way too soon, I mean, losing those four games in a row at home are really going to hurt them in the long run mm-hmm. in the Western Conference, so you can't really afford to lose yeah. like that. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to sell on them for sure. I don't really think they can turn it around. I just don't think they have the pieces. I was in on them earlier, but they've just cooled off way I too much they, here. It all, I think their, their presence in the playoff all depends on, you know, an array of things below them mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, LeBron coming back. Uh, the, the Pelicans getting healthy for one yeah. in their lives. And right, now the, just, right now, I just don't see them. Yeah. I mean, right now, I would say that them and our next team we're going to buy or sell on, or between them and the Spurs, are the two most questionable teams to stay in the playoffs because I know there's no shot LeBron misses the playoffs. You Would you buy or sell the Spurs as a playoff team? Um. All right. I'm never going to bet against – it's like betting against Tom Brady. I will never bet against Greg Popovich. Good call. And I I like the Spurs. I think that they have a lot of pieces. Greg Popovich was actually had a hilarious quote. So, if you didn't watch the game last night, I watched yeah, the end of it. The Spurs did not put DeMar DeRozan on, yeah. in, on, on an inbounds with two seconds left. That was crazy. Did not put him in. And Greg Popovich, I don't know if you heard that quote as to why he did it. No, what did he say? He said that he did not. So this is the most Greg Popovich answer. He said that he did not want to go to overtime. And he knew that if DeRozan got the ball, he would score two and go to overtime. <laughs> I mean, he's not so wrong, he though. he straight up did not put his best player in because he didn't want to go to overtime. Yeah, and I mean, I can agree with him there just because DeRozan, we all know, is a guy who's a big two-point shooter. Yeah, he's not, not necessarily going to... You don't want him with the ball in his hands mm-hmm. shoot a three necessarily, but... I don't know. I, I thought it was hilarious that he said that openly to the media. Just like, oh, yeah, I yeah, had dinner to get to. No, that is pretty funny that he didn't want to go to overtime. I'm as well buying in on the Spurs. Like I said, I think the Clippers are going to fall out. I think the Spurs and Lakers both end up making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got Greg Popovich as their coach. They got Lamar Aldridge. They got some other good pieces. Marty Rosen. Mm-hmm. They are very injured at the point guard position. But Derek White's been playing well lately. So is Patty Mills. I think they can get in there and make But the, the Spurs can also probably make a trade. To help them out a lot. Yeah, I think that I think they got something coming. I mean, Greg Popovich said he might retire at the end of the season, so I feel like him and RC Buford here are gonna want to do something. Bring another Gasol in. Yeah, I mean shoot, they could bring Marcus Gasol in it that would be big time. Or Conley. I think I think Aldridge, and, Aldridge and Gasol would be pretty nuts. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. or Conley, Conley coming nice in. Too. Yeah. Conley is very underrated too. I think he's one of those players that doesn't really care that he's underrated, so he doesn't have any like chip yeah. on his shoulder to like you know, like prove people wrong he's gonna go out there and do the same thing over and over but I don't think he's like cares about being underrated like Damian Lillard 
cares. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, Damian cares. Lillard is he's the 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 Blazers have the best offense in the league when he's on the floor. They have the second worst when he's off the floor. Poor he's the you. leading scorer in the NBA in the fourth quarter and in the second half. Poor so bastard. I mean, it, dude, like, that's that's my been my thing. I wanted the Blazers to suck so they could trade Damian Lillard to the Lakers because I just felt like they need to break it up after what happened to the Pelicans. That was something I'd been on. Unfortunately, the Blazers are too good to part ways with Damian Lillard because like they're not like he would be the great, perfect though. player to play with LeBron. They're not great, but they're like. That's another team. The Trailblazers. I mean, that's another team that could. I think they're go out and grab somebody like Gasol Kevin Love. I or think Kevin Love. I think Kevin Love. Somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. K Love. You all honestly kind of forget that K Love even exists because he's been hurt. But yeah. I mean, I don't think K Love's been hurt. I think he's just been refusing to play for. I think they're just trying to tank so they don't want to play. Yeah. yeah. I think that's more so what it is. But we could go on for hours and hours. But fortunately, I got to get out of here. It's been fun doing our first episode together, Brett. We'll cool. definitely do some more together. And everything went well. I appreciate everyone tuning in, listening to our podcast once again. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Hot Takes with TP3 at on Instagram at TP3 underscore um, NBA underscore bets. Brett, say, you got any last words for everybody? Uh, it's been real. It's been a lot of fun. Tune in next weekend to the Pro Bowl as you will see my Dallas Cowboys <laughs> competing. Competing. That's our Super Bowl. Uh, other than that, uh, fuck both of the teams in the Super Bowl and. I pray to God that Tom Brady doesn't win another, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll, t- we'll talk about all that next week. Once again, appreciate y'all tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Cool.